0: Life audio.
1: On this episode of Encouragement for You, Dr. Mark Yarborough, President of Dallas Seminary, talks ministry, and Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley on planning your marriage.
0: Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors.
2: Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life, because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once.
0: October has been designated as Pastor Appreciation Month. Dr. Mark Yarbrough is the president of Dallas Theological Seminary, where pastors are trained for effective ministry. On this episode, he and host Don Hawkins discuss ministry.
1: Great to have Dr. Mark Yarbrough with us. He is the president of Dallas Theological Seminary, teaches Bible exposition, has been involved in many roles at Dallas Seminary, authored or co-authored multiple songs and albums and presented at conferences on biblical and pastoral themes at places like Mount Hermon, the Billy Graham Training Center at the Cove, and Word of Life. Mark, it's great to have you on the program. Don, it it is always a treat to be with you. And a delight uh, to be able to promote uh, my alma mater as well as yours. We both had the... What year did you graduate? I graduated in uh, 1996. 96, yeah. I was a couple of years before that. We won't say (laughs) how many 74. But, uh, you know, it was a very good year, and I'm very thankful. And uh, some amazing things are happening at Dallas Seminary right now. From what I understand... Stand. This has been a bumper crop year at Dallas. It has been. The Lord has been so gracious to
3: us. We have a record number of students, so mm. record enrollment, uh, enthusiasm is high. We're seeing students from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation
1: come to uh, yeah. be equipped in God's Word. I was amazed you mentioned earlier to us in the pre-show meeting, 32 languages on campus, 70 different countries represented. It's pretty amazing. And uh, your faculty and staff are handling this okay? Oh, we're doing really good. If yes. The Lord sends them, we're ready to equip. Yeah. Uh, let's nail down a definition of ministry just to start off. Yeah, ministry. What a what an interesting uh, term isn't it for it us. Is. <laughs> yeah, ministry
3: for a Christian I think is giving of ourselves, our time, our energy
1: our talents in service to the Lord. Hmm. Uh, you've given us a good definition. There's a lot in Scripture about ministry. Where would you like us to turn so that we could sort of begin to get our arms wrapped around this concept? Well, I'll tell you what, since it is a concept,
3: uh, I think uh, we should always go to the Lord Jesus. And, uh, you know, I am uh, mindful of Mark chapter 10, verse 45, uh, a verse that many of us know, for even yes. the Son of Man came not... To be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And that's a verse that's often translated ministered to, but to minister. Okay. That is right. I mean, if you look at his life, uh, it was real. It was raw. It was uh, in the streets. It was yep. serving people. Yep. It was uh, praying with people, obviously, from
1: his life. It was yep. healing people. It was just ministering to the yep. brokenhearted. And I love the Gospel of Mark for that reason. The, the key word in Mark is immediately, or right. as the King James said, straightway. And Jesus was literally rushing from one place to another. In fact, as I recall, the first chapter, he literally was ministering 24 hours, including his prayer time. Yeah, it's powerful, powerful
3: part of Mark. It just starts off just with this burst. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that would be a whole other wonderful topic for us. The, the Gospel of Mark is, yeah. is showing this move of Jesus
1: to the cross because he came to serve and to serve us by giving his life serving is not necessarily having a reverend in front of your name or having ordination we're not opposed to ordination but it's not an absolute necessity in fact we believe that every believer everyone who's trusted christ as savior has the ability to serve which leads us to spiritual gifts how do they play into service yeah that's interesting you know if we were to go to all of the traditional
3: passages of in romans and ephesians and first corinthians you know it's a it's a long list when we think about these gifts here's the exciting thing is that we we realize that that gifts are given to every believer and they are given for the edification of the body which yeah. means Every individual that is in Christ has
1: a responsibility to edify the body. Hmm. Uh, we talk about the pastorate. We talk about missions. What are some of the other areas in which Christians can be involved in ministry or service? Well, I tell you what. Even if you were to go into some of
3: the the words that show up in these spiritual gifts list, let's right. just talk about that. Okay. I mean, we would we would be talking about the act of serving. We would talk about teaching and encouragement Mm. and the gift of mercy, the gift of faith. I mean, all of these words are are practically lived out or can be by
1: any individual that is a child of God. How's the how do we distinguish uh, between Christians and using their gifts in service and say people as a whole serving and helping and encouraging and and doing those kinds of things? Yeah, I think that sometimes when we talk about natural gifts and
3: abilities and genetics and things like that, uh, yeah. you know, somebody might be a good athlete because they're, you know, 7 feet tall. And uh, the Lord has given that through that means. But when yeah. we're talking about these spiritual gifts, again, I'm going to go back to that phrase. They're for the edification of the yeah. body. So it's not for ourselves. Hmm. It is to
1: serve Others. Yeah. So purpose is a big part of Huge this. Huge intentionality. Part of this. Uh, which brings us to our attitude and what should be believers' attitudes when it comes to serving others? Talk about well, that. Well, I tell you what, uh, if
3: I could go back and go to Philippians chapter 2, our attitude should be that of Christ Jesus, right? And mm, that yes. wonderful hymn of the faith who gave his life. who was willing to leave the halls of heaven, if I can phrase it that way, Mm -hmm. to take on flesh and
1: to come and do what he did. So it is a model that we see in the life of Jesus. Now, it's interesting. There are different words in the New Testament for service. And obviously, with your background in Bible exposition and the languages, as you have from Dallas Seminary and your many years of study, I think about uh, the word for a slave, a bond slave, a word for, yeah. we often translate, a deacon. Uh, talk about some of those distinctions of service and how they apply to us today. Yeah, there are a couple of different words that are
3: used, and there may be words that uh, we've heard before. Uh, that word of deacon or diacono I mean, that yeah. verbal form of that is is a basic word that is used for to serve, mm-hmm. and it's used in a lot of different context. I yeah. mean the other one is a is a very specific word like when you hear the word dolos yeah, or slave. a yeah. bond slave, right? Yeah. And so what it is helping us see is that it's a it's a duty, it's an obligation out of who someone is. Yeah. Now when we think about that applied to the life of a believer it's this is who we are yeah. and we are called
1: by God to serve and to represent him in the midst of a world that doesn't know him. And that is not limited to pastoral ministry, missions ministry. How does a person determine whether or not they are called to one of those vocational roles? Yeah, you bet.
3: Well, I think there's several things that we have to do. I, I We have to commit that to the Lord first and foremost. Yeah. Part of this is how do you determine the will of God in right. one sense, right? Yeah. I mean, I always talk about the fact that it is through prayer. It's through time in the word and certainly through godly counsel. I mean, these three things that we see. I mean, and I think that the Lord frequently uses the attestation, the affirmation of other individuals, spiritual leaders that are over us, our church leaders, our Mm -hmm. elders in the local congregation to help see those gifts that God has given us and that. There is a responsibility for us to
1: listen of the execution of those gifts. Proverbs 11, Proverbs 15, the multitude of counselors. There's wisdom. There's uh, all kinds of good things for us. How do we know when we are fulfilling our ministry? Is there a way to determine that? Yeah, when we're fulfilling our ministry, I really do
3: believe that... uh, that the Lord gives us an understanding that we are doing exactly uh, what we're supposed to be doing sometimes I'll phrase it this way Uh, we know when we're in the sweet spot you know Mm -hmm. in other words the Lord is using the gifts that he has given us and we we sense that the Lord has placed us in a particular point in time Uh, whether it be Don like you (laughs) knowing your moment here of of leading this beautiful ministry that we have that is blessing many whether it be an individual saying hey I have been called by the Lord to to write cards of encouragement. And there's all sorts of ways that we can say, are we using the gifts
1: that God has given mm, us yeah. for the benefit of others? How does a person make a decision about considering vocational ministry. We've talked about that before uh, in terms of getting counsel from individuals, time in the Word, time in prayer, Uh, but let's drill down a little bit on that. Uh, What kind of qualifications and what kind of training should a person who is being called to vocational ministry go after? Well, i tell you what, when we talk about the qualifications,
3: um, I mean, there are many things that we could talk about. The first thing is you've got to have a heart for the Lord yeah, and a heart of service for the Lord, you know, Uh, there is a, needs to be a self-awareness of the gifts that God has given and what are those gifts and how can they be executed in a vocational way? When we say vocational Christian ministry, we're talking about individuals that are called to work in the local church, uh, individuals that are called to be involved in Bible translation, maybe even as a Christian counselor there's all sorts of ways yeah. that an individual can execute these gifts that god has given one of the things that we do is at the seminary we do have a lot of counseling on yeah. the front end of this right. to talk to people to help them assess these things yeah. before they step into
1: this equipping process i see and and it seems to me that one of the keys here mark is to bloom where you have been planted Uh, that uh, it's not just a matter of saying, all right, I'm ready to go into a vocational ministry. I'm ready to become a senior pastor. I'm going to become the next Chuck Swindoll or whatever. (laughs) But but I, I need to start where I am, using the gifts I've been given, uh, where I'm planted. You know, one of the things that we look for when we start
3: talking to people is, are you already serving? What is your relationship in your local church? Are individuals that are in spiritual oversight of you able to affect those gifts, not just that you have them, but that you're already serving, that you're executing those gifts for the Lord.
1: It's been said that you cannot steer a vehicle that's stationary. If it's not moving, you can't steer it. And so if you're not using those gifts, then looking to train for further service uh, may not be the next step to take. That is exactly right. Yeah. So we're always looking for individuals that uh, are already practitioners, if I can phrase it that way. What are the steps of preparation? And we've talked a little bit about making the decision. Then talk about preparation. Yeah, we actually do believe that uh, one of the things
3: that we do at the seminary is to help people get grounded in the Word of God, to yeah. uh, have a, a, a firm foundation in basic theology. I mean, there are things that the church has always believed, and we need to be rooted in those, especially in a world that seems to step away from those things. And so one of the primary things is uh,
1: helping individuals to know God's Word better. And it seems to me that Knowing God's Word and applying God's Word go hand in hand. Uh, one of the hazards of studying God's Word is that if something as Dr. Howard Hendricks once talked about, the danger of trafficking in unfelt truth. Oh, isn't that the truth? I tell you what,
3: it's so funny that you mentioned him, Don, because a phrase that he used to say over and over again was coming through my mind right before you mentioned his, <laughs> his and, you know, Prof used to say, Prof Hendricks used yes. to use the phrase, he said, you know, to know and not to do yeah. is to not know at all. Yeah and how true that is in regard to that issue of knowing an application.
1: Yeah, and it's sometimes a real hazard, whether we're in a church that really teaches the Word of God in depth or uh, getting into seminary or a Bible college or someplace where you're preparing for ministry. Uh, I think it's so important. When I was in seminary, one of the things I made it a point to do was to be involved in ministry during that entire time. And I had some people, Mark, who said to me, uh, you're going to forfeit your future ministry because you're spending time in ministry right now. I don't think that happened at all. Well, brother,
3: I tell you what, you and I are uh, from the the same cut of cloth, because yep. in my years at seminary, and I have no regrets— I was working at a church, I was pastoring, I was preaching, I had opportunity to teach, and it became very real to me. I can remember very distinctly sitting in a class on Wednesdays, yes. thinking of that professor that was up there talking, saying, Lord, I need that guy right there to give me something today so yes. I can dish it out tonight. That's right. And it was flowing through yeah. me, but that was one of the best ways of seeing the reality of God's Word. It yeah. wasn't just head knowledge, it needed to be real, and I needed Needed to translate it so that individuals can can see it and touch it and taste yeah. it.
1: And it's so important to have that. And and again, one of the key things at Dallas Seminary is not just the content, but the relationships with the profs. Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, you know, life is best lived in
3: community. God has made us for relationship. Uh, he has modeled the ultimate relationship with us. But when we get to extend that into our spheres of of relationship. And when we learn from others, when we listen, where we can critique our own thoughts in a wonderful environment with other
1: believers, uh, that's where some of the greatest growth always occurs. And we want to continue in growth. In fact, we never get to the place, I don't believe, where we stop growing, do we? Oh, never. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I know plenty of 85-
3: and 90-year-olds that are like 4- and 5-year-old kids. It's because they stop growing spiritually, right? And it's true of any age. I also know 15-year-olds that can, can be 50 and 60 year olds in their faith, right? (laughs) And so the interesting thing is letting God's word through the work of the spirit that indwells us to feed us
1: into that role of maturation that we want to be in. There are challenges and there are rewards in ministry. And uh, Mark, you have many years of experience. What would you say are the two or three greatest challenges for those who are involved in ministry? Wow. On the challenging side, I would say, uh, Watching
3: individuals um, fall is yeah. always one of the great yeah. painful things mm. yeah. in my life. Individuals that I have known and seen through the years that had incredible potential, and they became ensnared in sin, right? Yeah. Just as mm-hmm. the Scripture speaks yeah. of, that, that, that uh, lion that is on the prowl just waiting and devoured, and I watched individuals succumb. Uh, to that. And that's a painful thing to see. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have seen challenges watching individuals wrestle and who doesn't wrestle with the sovereignty of God. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that happen in life yeah. that we wish God would not allow to happen, but he yeah. does in his sovereign hand. Right. And so for individuals to wrestle with the sovereignty of God in great pain. So those are a couple things that come to mind on the challenging side. You know,
1: I think about uh, Job who said, though he slay me, yet will I trust right. Well, I trust, him.
3: I trust in him. How true yeah. that is is yeah um i tell people all the time if you find yourself on a mountaintop Thank the Lord, because you know the valley's coming. So prepare yourself now for
1: when you're going to need to trust him then. And we want to trust him at all times, not just when it's good. And that brings us to the subject of some of the rewards of ministry. And Mark, I know you've had the privilege of seeing some of those as well. Amen for that. You know, when the Lord uh, gives
3: these uh, moments to where you can just see him shine, it's an amazing thing. When you watch people grow, I'm not kidding, when I, when I, I... I can't say probably anything more than that about the blessings of ministry, because of what I do uh, in the classroom and outside of the classroom, when I'm praying through issues with students uh, that are uh, working through issues, when you see them get placed in in the perfect ministry, where the Lord has been working for their entire lives to bring them to that moment, to see them thriving and the gifts that God has given them, I think that's probably one of the most encouraging things that I get to see.
0: We'll be back with more right after this. Dr. Greg Smalley is the vice president of Focus on the Family, He and his wife Erin have authored a book titled "Before You Plan Your Wedding, Plan Your Marriage."
1: Erin, let me start with you, and let's just put you and Greg on the spot. Erin, what would be the (laughs) one piece of advice that you would have for that engaged couple who's looking forward to
2: that wedding? You know, before you get married, it's just such an exciting time, and you know, it's all so positive and exciting. But there, there are definitely things you can be doing before you get married, and it, it, statistics show that you actually have a 32% less chance of getting divorced if you do some sort of premarital education, actually quality premarital mm. education before wow. you get married. 32%! And for, for me, that's huge yep. to, to know that information. Through doing premarital education, I think one of the biggest things that is going to happen, it's going to give you some self-awareness and also relational awareness.
1: Now, are you drawing a distinction between premarital counseling and premarital education, or are you kind of putting those together? Or no,
2: really, they're actually different. I would say education is, is a formalized program that is it's educating you about marriage. Counseling, I would say, is, is probably the next step. Premarital counseling is where you delve into specific issues, and you get a little bit deeper. And sometimes they follow in a pattern, the education We'll maybe come first and then the the counseling can follow beyond that
1: yeah so both of those is important
2: absolutely
1: is it still true that uh, half of all marriages end in divorce is that statistic still holding pretty close
4: yeah you know um it is it, probably more a more accurate statistic is a, between 40 to 50% of marriages mm, in yeah. in the US is going to end in divorce so
1: it's still going to help you to cut those odds by 32% yeah
4: mm-hmm. absolutely and, and probably because it, it sends a message early on in your relationship that our that our marriage matters, that we're going to mm-hmm. protect it, that just like we would take the car in to get a checkup, that we're going to get a checkup of our relationship and try to learn some new things. And so I think it just sets patterns, Don, really, from the very beginning, that, that we're going to do what we need to do to, to have a great marriage.
1: All right. Now, Greg, you can't have the same one that Aaron had. But uh, what is the one thing, Greg, that you would give as a piece of advice to every engaged couple before they get married?
4: Yeah, for me, if I only had one hour to spend it with an engaged couple, I really would spend it all of my time on talking to them about why creating a marriage that feels like the safest place on earth is so important. This is something, Don, that I had no idea. I that, that word never would have even entered my vocabulary inside yeah. my marriage. But there were so many things that, that happened, conflict and, un, you know, unfulfilled expectations and just life that, that, that basically Aaron and I found ourselves in the first couple of years of our marriage, and we both felt very, very unsafe with each other. Hmm. Just the way that we tried to manage our differences and handle problems, we did it in a way that, that it felt so unsafe. And when people feel unsafe, their hearts close. And when people's, when their hearts close, then they're going to disconnect. And I never had any clue of of all the things that I can do, protecting my yeah. heart to make sure that it's open yeah. to my wife. It is beyond words to describe how important that is. Mm. And again, Don, no one gave me that perspective. I, I didn't know above all else, as it says in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life, that I need to be doing everything I can every day to keep my heart open to my wife. Or when it closes, then we're going to disconnect, and, and we're going to get going down a slippery slope that's not good. Yeah.
1: You know, I'd have to sort of piggyback on that. If I were to have one piece of advice that I would give to every engaged couple, uh, and again, this is uh, maybe sounds a little overly simplistic, uh, that is uh, recognize that you're marrying for keeps. And yeah. and make that commitment, and, and this is something uh, I've heard your dad say before, Greg, I've uh, heard others say before, and and I've been guilty of saying it before as well, take the word divorce out of your vocabulary and uh, repeat early and often in your marriage, divorce will never be an option for me against you.
4: Well, you know why that's so important is that if you know divorce isn't an option, then really the only other option you have, the two options, you either can have a have a fun satisfying great relationship or you can stay miserable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and who wants to stay miserable? So what it does is it forces people to get help when they need it. It forces yeah. them it encourages them to to learn and to get education on how to have a good relationship. And I mean, if you know you can't leave then <laughs> then, then you're going to do what you need to to have a, a great marriage.
1: And so make it, make, so the, have fun. Yeah, make the best of it. Find some enjoyment and shared fun. Yeah. And, you yeah.
2: know, I think, too, Don, that it's important for couples going into marriage to realize that they're different and that with those differences there will be differences of opinions, different ways of doing things. And often that sets up for conflict and disagreement, and it's part of life. And it's mm-hmm. not a matter of if but when this comes. And when it does come, how what are you going to do? How are you going to deal with it? And if you're not dealing with the conflict well in your in your marriage, get help. And you know, everyone has those ups and downs in the relationships. And when divorce is taken out, then you're you're forced to work through them.
1: Yeah, and I like what you're saying there, Erin. Just in terms of expecting there to be difficulties, mm-hmm. and 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 difficulties do not doom a marriage. Uh, even infidelity doesn't doom a marriage. Uh, it's possible to deal with those issues. It takes time. It takes work. Uh, But make that commitment. You're going to work on that uh, problem or those problems. Erin, any uh, interaction you want to have with that?
2: You know, it's uh, it's so important because I think so many times it's easy to just disregard, you know, our spouse or our spouse-to-be and, you know, really just focus on ourselves, what we want, what we desire. And it's so true, just the honor of valuing that other person. Just like we want to be valued, model what you want in your marriage, model the Mm -hmm. You know, the value and the honor that you want to experience, do that for your spouse.
4: One, one of the things that, that was said, Don, when, when Aaron and I surveyed 5,000 couples and asked them what would be the one piece of advice, do you know what the number one answer was back? What was it? Get to know one another. Wow. Mm. And, and that wasn't the thing that we thought we would emerge as kind of the biggie, but it makes sense. That there's so many things that are happening, and we might be coming together for all kinds of reasons, and we need to spend the time asking the questions, the hard questions, the deep questions, the important questions, and truly get to know one another.
1: You know, again, if, if you know that person, and you realize that you can accept them and love them, and you... Uh, your marriage is based on your knowledge of them. Uh, then you're building it on a good foundation. First uh, Go Peter three seven tells husbands to become students of their wives. Greg, we we have that as a mandate, don't we?
4: We we do. And 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 here's what happens: most dating couples, engaged couples, spend all this time getting to know one another, and then they get married, and then they stop. They mm-hmm. think, well, yeah. we know one another, and then all of a sudden we start changing, and and we lose touch with what's really important to one another, and all of a sudden we start to get bored. And, and yet, Don, if, if a couple can go, okay, if knowledge is, is one of the keys, then I want to keep learning about my spouse and have an attitude that one lifetime isn't long enough to get to know someone.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm going I'm
4: to keep updating my knowledge every day.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us.
1: Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.
0: Stay encouraged and join us next time for encouragement for you.
1: Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.